Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, 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 what a 24 hours in our world and everybody's world, or at least in the world we call the United States. It's not over. I guess midnight over under wasn't very good. If you had the under. Shout out to everyone that had to work that thing or that was watching along, man, because I couldn't imagine. You got to love when you go to bed at like 2 in the morning after watching it. You wake up at you whatever. You at 2 in the morning? Oh, yeah. What happened to eight hours or at least five hours? What time did you get up at? Like eight, quarter of eight. Okay. Dang, man. You're better better than me. And nothing had changed. Yeah. Like nothing. Yeah. So that was a good decision to go to bed. (laughs) That's why I didn't. Listen, I watched two minutes of it. I wanted to see where they're at. Two minutes? Yeah. And then I played video games. And I went to bed. And I woke up in the morning. I'm like, ah, we're still here. Because listen, we don't get really political on the show here. But I learned from last time. All right, last time it was all about it. Like, people are saying this, and then the opposite happened. So I'm like, listen, I don't even listen to these people, what they're going to say, because there's so many votes to count up. I'm just like, I'm just going to wash my hands of it. I'm going to play some Call of Duty Warzone with my homies back home, and uh, we're just going to have some fun. I didn't go. I I went to one place today, and I kind of felt like there was this kind of like zombie-esque feel (laughs) out there, you know, like. Uh, nobody really knows. First of all, there's no way to react right now, yeah. right? And and everybody's so, like, on one side or the other. And so, like, there's none of that. Yet I feel like regardless of outcome, whenever that does happen, there's going to be disappointment, even from the victor. Yeah. It feels like now there's obviously a little less disappointment. Yeah. But whatever side you're on, red or blue, uh, in this instance... I feel like there's going to be some disappointment either way. I mean, there could be a heck of a lot more disappointment, um, you know, for obviously the the losing side here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wild. It's it's an incredible, uh, and it's still unbelievable that you we can never even get as close as 2000 was. It was like 537 votes in the state of Florida mm-hmm. with, with that crazy election. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just something that was interesting. Is there are a lot more close elections in the past? I think I saw on one of the networks, I said, even go back to like 1960, I think 68, and a couple other ones, I don't even remember now. But there's been a bunch of them that have been really close, haven't been decided before midnight. So that was, it's educational. Sure. I know it was, uh, obviously you were playing video games, so yeah, it wasn't that man. educational. No. But like Ty, I come home, Ty is watching it. For real? I mean, I, that's, I think that's awesome. I think that's kind of cool, like... Uh, the the kids are at that age, right? They're like they're 15. They're mm-hmm. in high school, and they're like, "What is this? Like, what is going on?" They're asking all these questions. Part of them I can't answer, and uh, it, it was just kind of a little bit wild to see their interest in it. You know, for That's, the first time in their lifetime, like sure. I almost feel like now it's time to become a parent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like now it's time to be. All right. This is what the real world is. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? for sure. And thankfully, like, I have a five year old. So it was like we turn on Teen Titans. Like well, we're playing video games first and maybe Teen Titans at the end. So I have to worry about that quite yet. Like, but listen, like and I've been very adamant about how I feel about mock drafts. Like to me, it's like watching a mock draft. Right. Like it's not going to turn out like you say it's going to turn out more than likely. Like you can go ahead and offer your expert analysis if you want to. But there's always going to be curveballs. There's always going to be paradigm shifts. There's always going to be things that you don't expect. 
So I don't need to watch a mock draft. I'll just I'll see who the people pick, and I don't need to see like you know the the pre election stuff. I respect it. Like those people work hard, man. Like even Rich, jo- we talk about yeah, Rich Jones in here. <laughs> what I mean, you talk about? Well, I don't know if it's like a competition. I don't know, man. I don't know like what we can talk about, who we can't talk about sometimes. One hundred four point five FM. Yeah, you can there we listen go. to more of the election coverage. Yeah, I mean it, it was like their Super Bowl though. Like I was leaving the building, man. Like they're getting all underway. They got food in here and everything. Like that that was their Super Bowl. So yeah. like they were bringing their A games. So props to them. Cause I'm sure it was a long night for everybody here on the news talk stations and things like that. I just, you know, I wasn't in our sports world and TV. We call that a Friday night football. There we go. <laughs> that's, what, that's what always has been the long running joke in local sports. Yeah. Like because pizza comes to the newsroom and food comes to the newsroom. Yeah. It's election night. It's like. It's kind of like between 9 and 11 o'clock on a Friday night, like every week. We do it 14 times every year. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys get but, stuff catered in for it's the not Friday like night? last night. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys get stuff catered in for your Friday nights? Well, we used to. like uh, we, we had Subway as a sponsor at one time. Sometimes yeah. we'll go get pizza. It used to be. just depends. Okay. Um, uh, this year we're not uh, doing. I, I mean, I've got pizza a couple of times actually so far this year, but it depends. It depends. Which Sometimes the newsroom people come in and be like, "Oh, pizza!" And be like, <laughs> yeah. "No, well, no. Uh, hey, you guys are hey, you guys are team." Same thing we do now on the on election night. We walk by that room and it's like, "Hey, pizza or." Italian or I'm gonna tacos? Be honest, that's or... coming from the station's pocket, not Brent Martino's pocket. Yeah, that's a good point. But there was a lot of food in that break room yesterday, and it probably wasn't for us. But no, I wasn't. didn't really care. That's my but, point. Hey, so right? I think we're all in this together. Uh, hey, we got in the title. Jake Lut- Luton meets the media today. Jay Gruden, uh, also Doug Marone. A little bit more insight on Luton. I don't. We're not going to sit here and spend two hours on Jake Luton. I mean, we talked about him already a couple of times. There's really nothing to know until we see it. Now. Stewart went out to practice today, saw him a little bit. The guy can throw the football, right? He's an NFL quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, hey, uh, does he throw a spiral? Can he say, Which Stuart, has been a question around here in the past. Stewart, can he sling the pill, as the kids are saying these days? By the way, that's a horrible uh, – we'll dig into that in a second. Go ahead, though. Did he sling in, in the pill? In the 15 minutes of warm-up that we were there for, you – you can't tell if he's slinging the pill. Okay. I mean, could well, we could we like stay out there a little bit longer this time? No. Can we get a new quarterback? Can we get a little more video of him? No. I mean, what kind of plays are the Jags run that nobody knows what they're doing anyway? It's the same yeah. thing I mean, come done. on, they're not working. So now, what really grinds my gears? Like last year, we talked about it was week zero, right? Like that whole verbiage, trash, garbage. Week yes. zero was stupid in college football. Hey, have you noticed? Have you have you heard slinging the pill? I have not. I've heard like listen, you the pill, the rock, games, yeah. the, but yeah. I have not heard slinging the pill. Slinging the pill, like the, the announcers pill. are saying. Yes, that? really. Yes. Like like the newer announcers, like the former players are saying, slinging the pill, and I don't like it. I don't either. Yeah, mm-hmm. fix it, change it for me, please. I never really like the pill. Is kind of like eh. It's like the rock. Okay. Yeah. Right. But like, give me the, the rock. Exactly. Yeah. You that can sounds tough, that. man. I just don't know where slinging the pill came from. Like I get, I, one person started, and then all of a sudden, like. It, you know, it, it echoed from there, and now everyone's using it. But, yeah, we'll listen for Sling the Pill. It's everywhere. All right, we've got in our title tonight, today, the Jaguars All-31 team. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what does that mean? Uh, well, I just made it up, quite frankly, uh, because I had this idea last week. With all the guys missing, and it feels like every time you put on a primetime game, you're like, hey, that's former Jag, Allen Robinson. Hey, that's Nick Foles. Hey, that's Jalen Ramsey. Hey, that's Dante Fowler. Hey, mm-hmm. You know, last weekend, you could have picked any primetime game, and you had all these players that used to play for the Jags. And so I thought we'd take a look at, offensively, defensively, who's in the league right now mm-hmm. that used to play for the Jags, and how good would that team be? Yeah. <laughs> and I think some of the things will surprise you. I think the, the stars like Jalen Ramsey, you're like, okay, well, no doubt, no doubt, right? 
Uh, but then there's other positions. You're like, well, there's not really not much there. I mean, Jags sure. might have let a guy go here or there, but uh, that wasn't a mistake. Yeah. So it feels like everything the Jags have done is a mistake. I think the moral of this story would be like, well, not necessarily, but they still have gotten rid of a lot of productive guys in the NFL. That is factual, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, teams do it. The only thing I didn't do in this exercise because I was probably watching the election and, and didn't have uh, that kind of time to do it, um, is is maybe compare it to, like, a good team. You know, like, I bring up the Baltimore Ravens sometimes. Baltimore Ravens obviously have done a fantastic job of building their roster. They have reshuffled their roster. I think the Steelers fall into this, too. But, like, the Ravens let, like, a, a talented and productive group of linebackers a couple years ago, led by C.J. Mosley, mm-hmm. let them walk. Yep. Like, if the Jags let guys like that walk like they did with Boye and Ramsey, well, it's like, oh, my gosh. Well, for the Ravens, it's like, now we'll just reload it. We'll just reload it. And by the way, the Ravens have. Mm -hmm. And they have other talent that, even if you're a bit deficient, we can cover that up. See, the Jags haven't been able to cover that up. They don't have enough stars. They don't have enough goods on offense or the quarterback to do it or whatever it might be. And so I bet when we do this exercise a little bit later on the show – that other teams have let some pretty prominent players go as well. Uh, it's just not as glaring because they're still winning football games because along the, the way. They can replace them. They've and, replenished. And, and that's the biggest thing, right? It's when the Jaguars have let their star players go, where are the replacements? I mean, and we can say this for later, but, I mean, names that come to mind. Allen Robinson. Now, nah, maybe DJ Chark, but that still remains to be seen, in my opinion, a little bit. Yanni Kingakwe, um, Calais Campbell. You know, there's there's a Mercedes Lewis. Um, there's a lot of guys out there right now that um, are on, on different teams succeeding, obviously, and the Jaguars are left with, all right, cool, we got maybe some picks for them or whatever the reason may be. But you have to ask yourself, what is the, the what are those picks doing? Like, what is that capital that you got for that player? What are they doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing uh, we're keeping an eye on, or or at least we'll discuss a little bit, how why was it so quiet at the NFL trade deadline? You know, I mean, NFL, the, the trade deadlines in sports can be fantastic. You know, it's like free agency and very quiet, very, very quiet, like hardly any moves. I mean, Schefter had a boring day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was that kind of quiet. And uh, I guess I'm not surprised the Jags were quiet, but I brought it up yesterday and I think it's worth repeating. The Jags didn't even sound like they were in the mix for anybody. They're not even uh, very aggressive. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes, but at least... Stuff reported doesn't look like very aggressive. They really don't have anybody to unload necessarily because they don't have big contracts other than their linebackers, and they just signed those guys, so they're not giving up on them. Yeah. Uh, I guess like you could make the case like an Andrew Norwell for his – could they have unloaded a guy like that? Everybody needs offensive line help. But Keelan I think Cole. I think, yeah, well, Keelan Cole, Chris Conley, but they were just going to get you like sixth-round, seventh-round picks. These aren't third-round pick guys. Probably not. But, I mean, I make the argument, like, well, Keelan Cole's having a pretty dang good year, and, you know, there's some receiver injuries out there <laughs> San Francisco, so, like, you never know. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, uh, by the way, San Francisco we tried to clean that up with a bunch of different yeah. – in a different ways, and they just keep getting hammered by injury. Yeah. So they might be like, listen, we're not giving up any more draft picks. This is just a bad luck year. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. we'll make do with what we got for however long we got to do that. I actually think the Jags thing is more on the aggressive nature of going to get. You have plenty of capital, you have plenty of cap space, and you have deficiency at positions. And it goes to what we said yesterday. Doug and Dave trying to win this week. Mm -hmm. They're trying to win two weeks from now, three weeks from now, or even project into the future at, okay, they can help us this year and a couple years down the road. Well, the Jaguars didn't seemingly, 
pursue any of those kind of guys. Quinn and Williams, did they make offers for? Did they go after a guy like that? Could he help change the dynamic moving forward, but also this year a bit, because you stink, well, you haven't been very productive at the defensive tackle position here this year. So I I think, uh, I don't know if I'm disappointed in that. I just think it speaks volumes that the Jaguars have all these things at their disposal to maybe go get a guy, and they're not doing anything. Now, most teams do stuff and go get guys because they're in the mix. If the Jags got Marcel Darius a couple years back because they were, bam, right there. They were in a prime position. I understand that. But I think the Jags could have taken a little bit of a different tact here. Our defense is not very good. We've given up six straight games of 30-plus points. Mm -hmm. And we are building toward the future. Let's go get a young guy that someone might not keep. And if we have to give up a little capital, we like this guy. Well, we'll have him for two, three years. Well, absolutely. And I guess here's my... Worry about the whole situation of why the Jaguars didn't go after somebody um, at the trade deadline. Because if you think about it right now, like I want you, to, let's think back to the 2020 NFL draft, all right? And let's think back to who the Jaguars drafted. How many of those guys have had a direct influence on the team for the better? Would you say like it's like wow that that was the pick right there? Their world's better now because of that person. I mean, let's have an honest conversation about it. 2020 draft. I'm talking about this past this past year. None. Okay. So this is my point right now. Maybe Jake Luton. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well, there's a yeah, lot of maybe. I mean, I would say I would say Visca has uh, a couple. Of, a I mean, but you yeah. said change. Yeah, change. I mean, James this Robinson's team. only guy, and he was undrafted. He was. So there you go. So this is kind of my point. What I'm like trying. Like Devon to... Hamilton may have been maybe a game changer because you need a guy. Like, there's a lot of maybe's. There's a lot of maybe's, but I'm saying right now from what you see, no. how many game changers? Okay. Nothing. And then this is my point right now. Whether Doug Marone is here next year or not, probably more than likely not, but we'll see. We'll, we'll just, let's play it by ear here. Regardless of what happens to Doug Marone, we got to think about this. If a new coaching staff comes in, and obviously you have the draft capital, so you can build through the draft, you got to ask yourself, like, are you trying to win games right away? Because if that's the case and you're trying to build for the future, then go ahead and get a guy like Quinn and Williams where you can bring in and say, like, you know what? We can't just rely solely on the draft because the draft, it takes time to develop that talent. Like I just said, the 2020 draft, the previous draft, there hasn't been a lot of influence from that draft on this team. I think Shad Khan wants to win. You know, I think the new coaching staff coming in, they want to win. So if you're truly trying to build for the future right now, you should go after these veterans that have a couple more years in their contract. You should sacrifice some of that draft capital and bring these, you know, let's just call them these pillars in, like Quinn and Williams, who is going to be here for a couple years. And that way, you don't have to build entirely through the draft. You have a couple guys that you went after, and now you can build around those guys that you brought in. Yeah, the I, I think... Um I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think if there was opportunity. Now, listen, opportunity doesn't always match up and present itself as much as we want it to. You can't force it. And, you know, some people might want to get, look, Will Fuller, that Green Bay wanted him. Couldn't come up with a good value for him. Yeah. And so they didn't get him. Uh, that was out there in the open, you know. So I sometimes it doesn't work out. I just thought maybe the Jags could have been at least publicly a little bit more active. Maybe we saw reports that they might be interested. But the bottom line is nobody was interested. And and we'll talk a little bit more why that might have been the case across the NFL, not just here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I guess all I'm trying to say is, listen, you had 12 draft picks last year. And we were all excited for it. 12 draft picks. It's going to be a huge draft class. I get that. But then if you look at these guys right now, like how many of these guys have had a direct influence on the team? Right. I mean, it's just it's a small it's it's a small majority of these guys. So I'm not sure how many picks they have this up and coming draft. Well, you know, at least at nine, nine, at least. So th- that's kind of my point. Like I get like you're trying to build and then you're trying to start from ground zero again and you're trying to build the base up. And I get that. That's going to take young talent found in the draft. But I'm saying 
there's only so many positions on a football field. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's going to be special teams guys, and I understand that. So that counts for something. But there's only so many positions. So why not use some of that draft capital that you have right now in the later rounds and maybe try to go attack somebody? Yeah, you need some established, you know, people. And now maybe, listen, maybe Shot Khan's like, listen, you guys aren't going to be banking these moves down the road. I don't want you making any more moves right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have. He yeah. could have. I don't know but, what the communication's like. No, but I hear you. Don't but, make any more moves. I got that, Brent. But you're also the same guy that says, listen, they're, they're trying to build it for the next guys coming in, right? Like, you, you're trying to make this job presentable for the next people. Like, I think if you have Quinn and Williams here, that's a that's kind of like a new couch in the, in, in the house they're trying to show off, right? It's like, all right, check this out. We've got a new hot tub over here. Yeah. you got Quinn and Williams. It like, is. That helps sell it to me. It is, but also I think new guy also likes ground zero because it buys him more time. Mm-hmm. Shot now, us, Shad Khan, everybody would like this to move quickly. Mm-hmm. New guy coming in likes the honeymoon period as well, and he gets to pick his own guys. You know, so there's a little bit of an I don't know if it necessarily makes the job more attractive. Yeah, uh, it makes you maybe feel a little bit better about a position. And the more you can do that, the better that is, I think. Uh, so I, I don't it, it just depends how you look at it. And, and not much was moving across the NFL. So this wasn't just a Jacksonville thing. Uh, this was across the NFL, not much moving. Uh, we'll also talk a little more about Georgia, Florida week as we get a little closer and closer. It is a different vibe now. Stuart, you were just down there at practice, right? So you drive down? Yep. I mean, is there anything going on down there? There was some extra cones in the parking lot. Is that it? Yeah, that was it. So isn't that- anything, there was a bigger, Dang. there was a bigger activity buzz, uh, because of AEW Wednesday night. Oh, okay. There's still Nick Jackson getting out of his truck. Did you really? Yeah. It's awesome. It's kind of cool. So I- was it with Matt? Or just, just Matt might have been on the other side. Okay. Do they have to travel together? Is that how that works? Well, usually they travel yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't Sorry, know who Rick Jackson is. The Young Bucks. Do they call the Young Bucks? Oh, Young Bucks. Yeah, I know the Young Bucks are. They have real they're names, too. They're they do? Yeah. Well, we don't use those. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, the So anyway, the, there's no buzz. No. Right? And mm-hmm. now listen, uh, let's be honest. No it's tailgating, like Wednesday, no Wednesday. Wednesday's not necessarily a buzz time for the game, but there there's movement. Yeah. Right? There there's there's RVs rolling in. There's there's, people there's all that, the symptoms of the world's largest cocktail. There party. are. The symptoms start to take place. Yeah. But then on Thursday and really Friday, the buzz I mean you it's it's palpable. Like you can really feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't want to misrepresent like it's usually rocking in Jacksonville on a Wednesday and it wasn't today. That's not necessarily the tr- truth, but it usually you feel something. Procedurally you go down there, there's usually some stuff happening. You can sense like ah, it's gonna be fun, right? Yeah. It's gonna be a fun week. You just don't get that sense. Like it just feels different. It mm-hmm. it feels like just another game. Maybe that changes tomorrow night a little bit, maybe that changes into Friday a little bit. We'll see. Um, because there are some folks that are saying, hey, there's going to be more people downtown than you think there are uh, on the outskirt lots and, and where tailgating want there to be maybe more than the city wants there to be. Um, so but that is doable. Like the, you can go to a different place. You just can't be in lot J and RV City shut down. But there still could be a lot of people in Jacksonville to try to get that feel for it. We'll just have to see. It, it feels different right now. I think the big story, like the big story we want to cover today is the most dangerous player on the field for mm-hmm. these teams. And I think it's interesting because Georgia has an option or two. Florida definitely has two options, in my <laughs> opinion. And I think it's debatable, actually. I think most people are going to say Kyle Pitts. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Kadarius Tony might be more dangerous at this time than Pitts. I want to get Stewart's thoughts and Two other kickers. people's thoughts. <laughs> and the kickers are very dangerous, apparently, for uh, for Florida. So we'll talk a little Georgia-Florida game coming up uh, as well. But we begin in the NFL. We usually do. We begin with the Jags. What are they saying about Jake Luton? How much faith is there in this guy? 
You know the Jags aren't even halfway through the year in terms of games? Crazy. Feels like an eternity, Brent, doesn't it? It feel this has speaking of feel, and this is hard for us this year because we're detached from the team. Yeah. And we're detached from the locker room. But I'm telling you, I get a sense that if I was down there in that locker room like a normal year right now this week, it would feel like mid-December yeah. of many seasons before. I, I just and you gotta do this for nine weeks. So maybe Luton gives him a shot in the arm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to prep myself for my three observations video because it's been the same like for the past five weeks. <laughs> you know what? Actually, so the last game, uh, Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> when I, so I was bored, right? I'm like, I'm tired of saying the same thing over and over again. I actually shot a pre-made video before the game where I, I kind of predicted everything, and I was gonna post that for my real observation video. But like one thing kind of went awry, so I didn't do it. <laughs> you have to save it. I well, it's it, yeah. It's Next it. on ESPN 690. Brent Martino. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's something that I've always dreamed of, you know, since I was a little kid, and, and it's something I've always, you know, really strived for and, uh, you know, battled through some things. And, and, you know, I've had my journey just like, you know, everyone else has. And so. Uh, it's something I take pride in, you know, the journey that I've had and, and the road it took to get here. And, and uh, like I said, I'm just excited. I'm proud to be here and, and ready to get out there and, and play for the Jags. That is Jake Luton, starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars on November 8th against the Houston Texans. Mm. Thought nobody. <laughs> Not a soul. Nobody had that. Nobody. No. no. Nobody had early. Nobody nobody had before week fourteen mm-hmm. Jake Luton getting a little tryout because Gardner Minshew was not good and things didn't go well and we're talking about eighth game of the year. Yeah. A guy who's never taken an NFL snap is going to play for this NFL franchise here in Jacksonville. Yeah. On Sunday. I mean yeah. it's 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 stunning. Yeah. I guess theoretically speaking, and I say theoretically in a big, big, big font here, let's say that Loon comes out and he's the real deal. All right. He's got a big arm, um, confidence, fits well in a Jay Gruden um, style offense. And let's say that he, he does well and he wins a couple ball games this year. Better than what we expect him to do. What do you do now with him and Minshew? Do you keep them both on the roster? And then obviously you're still going to probably be drafting a first-round guy if up and coming draft. But do you keep both those guys? Do you try to ship one? If you try to ship one, which one do you ship? Do you ship the guy who's maybe a little more unknown in Luton? Or do you ship a little more of the known commodity of Garner Minshew? Well, first of all, I think there's more to ship out in Minshew. Okay. Okay, because there, this whether it's a narrative, whether it's reality, whether it's not, he's won games in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? He's won seven of them. Uh, last year, obviously, 6-6 six and six during his games. He's had moments. He's more experienced. And he's still under control contractually for quite a bit. Sure. And obviously, Luton is, too. I feel like the, the unhappy camper in that situation would be Minshew. Of course. And so he'd be the reason you'd want to say, okay, let's go find you. Listen, I've said it before. I think Minshew can start in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I I think he's really struggled the last month, 
But I've seen enough good things say you can start. Obviously, he hasn't shown us enough to say he can be an elite quarterback, a franchise quarterback. He hasn't done that. But there are a lot of quarterbacks that end up starting in the NFL that aren't those guys. No, you're I mean, you still have right. to fill 32 rosters. Listen, I think the things that you've seen from Minshew, and there's been some great things, I think that he can use those intangibles and be a starter in the NFL. Absolutely. I agree with you. So I would say he's more of the carrot you could dangle. I can get time for him. Yeah. But, but, I mean, you could maybe get something if you don't. But I wouldn't do it. I'd keep them all. I mean, unless it's just a, unless Minshew's like, I, I'm not coming to camp. I'm, I don't want to be here. I don't want to, whatever. And yeah. then maybe you cut them because nobody wants them anyway. I don't know. But I would keep them because now you don't have to spend, you, you don't need an expensive buy-in now on the QB position. You're going to, you potentially, right, if you yeah. get one of the top picks, you're going to invest a handsome sum mm-hmm. in the top picks, top five guy, but Backup-wise, now, you don't need this crazy situation. you got a guy, Mitch, you could come off the bench and you'd be okay with it. Sure. And if Luton plays well, then on top of that, Luton could come off the bench and be okay with it. Yeah. I'm not doing anything at the quarterback position is my point with those guys. I've got them under control. It's inexpensive. I also now have a couple of guys, if Luton does play halfway decent, that have played in the NFL before. Yeah. And that you feel, like I always say about backups, can they come in for four games and get you 500? Well, Mitch, you definitely could do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Luton can do that. You know, I guess my next little theoretical scenario here, and once again, I'm saying theoretically in size 72 times New Roman, okay? Um, But let's say that Luton comes out and does very well, okay? And I think you'd agree with me, Brent, when I say that Luton is the boomer bus guy. You'd say that, right? Oh, yeah. Correct, okay. So Jay Gruden, for instance, right? Jay Gruden right now, he's kind of been up and down. Right, he's got a couple of key cogs in that offense, a couple of guys that you like, obviously, and we're not sure what's going to happen with Jay Gruden. We can assume right now the coaching staff is on thin ice, but we're not positive about Jay Gruden quite yet. If Gruden comes out and does well, does that help the stock of Jay Gruden to maybe be a head coach for this team, or maybe a head coach someplace else where it's like, well, listen, we had Minshew, he broke his hand, it was what it was, but look what I did with a six-round pick out of Oregon State, and we're still doing pretty well on offense. I, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I, again. I understand what you're saying, and you're creating these scenarios where if you were to win four games, maybe I would say that by then. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he won four games or something and he looks the part, I'd be like, hey, that's a heck of a job by Gruden. But now this is two years in a row, man. The first few weeks of the season, I've said, hey, nice job, John Filippo," and then it went in the tank. <laughs> and then this year, it was the first couple of weeks, I was like, holy crap, Jay Gruden, man. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, nothing. Now, is that on Minshew? Is it on Gruden? I don't know. Yeah. But he certainly hasn't built himself any momentum. And and listen, the narrative around here that if Doug got fired with two weeks to go and Gruden's going to come in and that he might be the next guy, stop. Stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. Mm. You don't want that. I don't want that. I saw that. Mm. Give me something. Don't. There's no two-game tryout to get – no. But you mean to tell me it couldn't happen? I don't think it can happen. Okay. I think this is a house I, – I believe this is a clean sweep. Okay. Um, this is this is everybody's gone. I don't. They tried that. They tried it. Sure. And and by the way, it worked for one year. And now, if they end up making a change, that means overall it didn't work. I, it does. That does not make sense to me. I understand people have played that scenario out, but I would rather have five other guys than Jay Gruden winning one game late in the year and saying now you're the guy. I I, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. You can't make continually make the same mistakes, okay, yeah. if you're Shad Khan. And he's made many of them. 
And so to me, that would fall under making the same mistake. Yeah. Go make a different mistake. Sure. No, fair <laughs> enough. I, I get that, man. All I'm going to say, though, is you're in the market for a first-round quarterback. All right. So the next head coach, he better have some kind of offensive experience, at least in my opinion, he better have some kind of offensive experience where he's going to be very hands-on and know exactly the quarterback that he wants. Absolutely. I feel like Jay Gruden knows that already. Not saying Jay Gruden's going to be the head coach. Obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars going forward. I'm just saying, I'm not going to count anything out with this team right now. Yeah, I, listen, it's it's unfair. My view of that is probably unfair to Gruden. He's got a nice resume. He ran into a bunch of different things in Washington. But I also just don't think you talk about we talk about ceilings, right? This is boom or bust with Luton, which I think it's bust, by the way. I'm stunned that he's playing. I can't believe he's playing. Sure. I really can't. Sure. Uh, and I, I have no expectation for him. I'm sorry to the young man. Like I, I don't, I just have, I don't know why I should have expectation for him. I've been in Jacksonville for 12 years. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks be bad, and I've never seen this guy take a snap at this level. Yet I'm going to watch him play against Houston as a team that's lost six in a row, yeah. and, and and just looks dead. Do you think he's going to get a minus? Yes, I do. I think this is going to be a rough game. Yeah. I think it's going. I really listen. I mean, take a. We had elections. You should vote me out of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club. <laughs> I mean, I am. I don't know if I've ever felt worse about a game. Really? See, and I, I have, by the way. Yeah, but yeah. I don't feel what you see. Like I don't. Like you say boom and bust, and I say yeah, you're right. I don't. Yeah. No, no, I don't okay. think so. Okay. I don't think. Listen. It's, by the way, I wouldn't have said that again for Minshew when when Foles went down. Yeah. If if Foles had gone down in a game. That at the end of the game, he broke his hand, and we hadn't seen Minshew play. Mm-hmm. Going into that next week, I would have been like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be awful. I watched Minshew play yeah. in the preseason. Absolutely. That wasn't good. The thing that saved that a little bit is the character of Minshew, which is fun, right? And also the fact that he came in and played well. well like no, he came in and played well against Kansas City. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you're like, let's go. Yeah. We might have a guy here. Well, There's none of that here with Lewin. No, no, I hear you. And listen, and you know how I feel about the whole character thing. I, I don't care really about the character. I don't think people really even knew who the character was until he actually started football games. And it's like, okay, this guy's out of control. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Minshew's skill set got him on that field, and and it made himself the name. So, with all I'm saying is, and when I, when I say boomer bust, and why I think that it might not necessarily be a minus for Luton coming up here in Houston. And guess, I get it. It's got all the characteristics of being a minus. You have a guy who hasn't played one preseason game yet. You have a guy who's getting thrown in the fire, essentially. You have a guy who doesn't have the help of his defense. You have a guy who's the special team has been lacking, to say the least. And you have a guy who's playing a Houston Texans team right now, for lack of a better word. It's kind of pissed off of how their, their season's gone, right? Yeah. And you got a guy by the name of J.J. Watt chomping at the bit to show, you know what? Father time may be undefeated, but I'm going down swinging. So with all those things in that category right now, I get why you would say it's going to be a minus. But also I see Jake Luton, and I see the prototypical Jay Gruden quarterback, a guy who's a pocket passer, who doesn't really get out of the pocket that much, who can't really beat you with his legs, who's got a decent arm and makes one read. Like that to me is what Luton is right now. And I think with that Jay Gruden short pass, you know, quarterback-friendly offense, I think Luton could have some success. And I think with James Robinson, you know, toting the – Hill, if you will, I think that they're going to have some... The bill. Whatever, man. I'm so sick and tired of that. I don't know why I said it. But I think with James Robinson, too, it can offer some some interesting things. 
No, I'm not going to say Loon's going to come out here and throw three touchdowns, throw over 300 yards passing, because let's be honest, what quarterback doesn't do that these days? But I'm just saying I'm not going to write Luton off quite yet because I think he's in a situation and in a system that he can benefit from. Yeah, I, I think you're out of your mind, but I appreciate the Sounds fact like that... Sounds like a bet. I appreciate the fact that I have turned you into sunshine and rainbows. Sounds Maybe like you a take bet. the president over. Sounds like a I bet, I mean, man. is this still our Halloween costume switch? Let's go. Let's go. I mean, I, I couldn't be more negative right now about Sunday's game. Sure. I really could. I, I, I just don't... I I really can't... I, I will say it again. I'm stunned that they went this, this way. And I just... I, I can't blind faith this one. I, I can't. I, I just don't know what this guy will be. Hey, Stuart, tell me something good about him at practice today. 6'6". Six, six. He's got really good hair. I like that. Hey, Blaine Gabbard. Okay, thank you. I like that in the quarterback. Hey, hey Patrick you Mahomes. For, you asked for something Patrick good, Mahomes man. Patrick Mahomes got some good hair. You'll you, notice you, the first. You the head and shoulders commercial? First shot in our VO is going to be a nice, it's, smooth hand fingers through the hair. Yeah, I like oh, that. It's, it's a good look. This is Stuart in slow motion. No. Yeah, what? we can slow-mo that thing. Speaking of sunshine. What are you scuffing off Patrick Mahomes' hair for now? Pat, uh, Pat Mahomes, shoulders. is that a quality of his that he has good hair? Head and shoulders commercials. Him I, and uh, Troy Palomalu. Yeah, that's fine so because he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, because it's not because to, he's got good hair. Oh, so you think Troy Palomalu is in those head and shoulders commercials because Troy he doesn't Palomalu have good hair? Troy has good hair. Because exactly. And so does Patrick Mahomes. No. That's why. Watch the commercial one time. Do you think Pat Mahomes has good hair? Do you I think, think he's a that, really good quarterback. Wow. He's a face of the NFL. Of course they want him in an ad. Get out of here. Come on. You can, you can add Russell Wilson then. You can add Lamar Jackson. Then add Patrick Mahomes because he's got good hair. Mm. I'm not buying it. Have you seen the commercial? I've seen the commercial. You know when he's like shaking it? Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> when he's like. She goes, go tra- she goes Taylor Swift hey, on me. Forget it. <laughs> hey, the, the one that says it all tomorrow. Does Patrick Mahomes have good hair or not? Yeah. I'm fed up with By this By the way, already. that's what we got. Let's do it. <laughs> that's what we're at. That's what we're talking about. Hey, uh, Weber, got anything else? I mean. Did he throw ball? Did the ball hit the ground when you were there? Come on! I, I already said I was there for 15 minutes. They, I don't care. They Give threw it something. to each other. They Lie to me! The, the ball did not hit the ground. Thank you. Is he, he good had at 100 percent completion rate? Is he good at stretching? He he was <laughs> deep in the stretches, doing very well. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm a muffaloon right now. But why do you hate on this hair so much? Look at that! Like he's got the cur- dude curls, man. Curls are in. Curls are in. Perms are coming back. Patrick Mahomes' hair is awful. Wow! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Awful! Wow! It's awful. awful. It, what is it? Here, here's the what side is by he side. Trying to do. Here's the side by side right here with Troy Palomalu. That, that's the commercial. That's like the showdown. Yeah, Palomalu's hair is awesome. That's Roy Jones Jr. taking on Mike Tyson right there. Palomalu's hair is fantastic. Of course it is. Yeah. I don't know what Mahomes is trying to do. Listen. I don't Mahomes know. looks like an eight-year-old kid know. on Pop Warner. Hey, hey, you know what it looks like? It looks like your hair, but better. That's what it looks like. Listen, my, I mean, I'm not saying I have better hair than his. This you, isn't, well, you're kind of being snobby about it. Like, you do have better I, hair than Patrick Mahomes. I didn't Mahomes. say I have better hair and I should be doing the head and shoulders commercial. Okay. I'm just saying, I think Pat Mahomes is going to be This guy's got great hair. It's going to be a question. No, I'm putting it out on the feed right now. Yeah, don't even tailor it to make it sound like I'm in the wrong either. I want to, I want to, right down the middle, straight up question. I just can't believe how high you are on this Luton thing. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I okay. love the positivity. Well, I think I'm more positive I'm great of what Gruden's going to do for him more than actually the town of Luton because obviously I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like a little a little bad here. What, I got what a conspiracy thinking? theory too. I listened. I saw one quote from Gruden. Yeah. And I'm like, I think he's higher on Luton than he was on Minshew. Like he wasn't over the moon about Minshew and his comments. The prosecution rests. Gruden's behind him. I'm behind him. Hey, 
Jaguars. Can you say playoffs? Yeah. Playoffs? By the way, they Austin also wants Jay Gruden to be the next head coach of the Jags. Did, did, I, not, did I say that? Yes, no, you I did not. Did. You're spreading lies, man. You're spreading lies. <laughs> we'll be back. Whose hair is better? Get on that poll right now on Twitter. Let's go. Next on ESPN 690. can't throw it there's no arguing that there's been other quarterbacks before him that have not been very athletic and throw it have had no success there's been obviously quarterbacks in the nfl that aren't very athletic that have had all kinds of success uh so uh you know it's just your pick uh your flavor whatever you like some coaches want to err on the side of being an athletic having an athletic quarterback uh we're fortunate enough to get him in a sixth round and and we like what we've seen so far that's jay gruden he's a gruden guy he's he's a pocket passer yeah, see, he, here's the problem. By the way, that was Jay Gruden, not John or Frank Caliendo. Uh, <laughs> Brett Martin, Austin Lane, back here, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jay Gruden, the offense coordinator of the Jags. And you know what? I, I think there is something to that. He's your prototypical quarterback, which means tall, big arm, will stay in the pocket. Well, he has to because he can't get out of it, really. He's not fleet of foot. Yeah. So... I think there is a trust factor between offensive-minded people and that. Well, that's also why I don't know long-term if I want folks like Jay Gruden, because the NFL isn't that anymore. Yeah. It's not. And I think, like, yes, Jay is right. You've had different shapes and sizes and athletic abilities and all this stuff in the NFL. But over the last three years, if you're not 40 years old or older, Mm -hmm. Play in the quarterback position. Well, then you can't be a statue and be successful. Mm, yeah. Give me one. That's been a statue that's been successful. That's a, that's not Brady, Breeze, whoever the old quarterback is. Let's go with Joe Flacco for 500 points yeah. and a Super Bowl. It's been, and, and we won I a Super Bowl the last few years. I mean, what, when they won the Super Bowl, what it's year like was that? 2012. Okay. Okay. I mean, um, give your me, kid wasn't even a, born. Give then. me a second. Is Jimmy Garoppolo really a? Dual threat guy? Yes, he can. He move. is okay. Well, can... I wouldn't tell him dual threat. He's not okay. like Deshaun Watson. And I mean, let me just look at this real Go quick. Go ahead, here. look. Okay. Find me one. Okay. I, I, I said Joe Flacco. I mean, well, he, he he may have been the I last. I said the last three years. <laughs> I mean, last three years. Okay. I'll give you four if you want. Okay. But find me a quarter. Baker Mayfield can run a bit, right? Sure. Uh, Roethlisberger fits in the old guy category. I know he's not quite forty, but you know what I mean. Well, let me ask you this though: Like, can Luton run a little bit? He had like five touchdowns one of the year, but I don't think he can run. I don't think he can move. I think he's because, a he's a five five oh eight forty. Okay, well, because Minshew ran like a four nine, and we say he can move. I thought he was like a four eight guy. May, um, I, right. I mean, that's a significant difference in the forty four eight to five one, perhaps right or something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, Minshew isn't fast, but he was kind of crafty and savvy enough to be able to move. Okay. I I don't see that as part of the game. I, I so Minshew had a four nine seven. Oh wow, he was at the high. combine. All right. Uh, but hey, but we we don't question Minshew's speed now, do we? Well, we do. I'm not saying nobody's ever said Minshew's fast. Okay. Nobody has. Mm-hmm. Minshew has wiggle right and a little bit of craftiness getting out of the pocket. He's not afraid to spin around. I don't see Luton playing that way. I, I and and five oh eight to four nine seven doesn't feel like much. It's just not his style of play. Matt Ryan. Fair enough. Mm, not to a Super Bowl. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Matt Ryan. Teddy uh, Bridgewater. By the way, Matt Ryan, who has been in the league for like a dozen years. Mm, but Sure. Teddy Bridgewater. That's probably best, the best example. Jared Goff. No, Goff can move. 
Okay. Now, golf, you can move, you can roll okay. them out, you can pick up like Daniel Jones kind of yardage. Okay, okay. Yeah, you can with oh, golf. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay. Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Come on. Hey. No, <laughs> he no, no, he's a he statue. He's that read option back there. Okay. Stafford's an a- But again, you're giving me every Kurt- guy that's played over a decade in the league. Okay. I said 40, so that's fair. Okay. I'll give you a couple of those guys. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Cousins can move a little bit, though. Okay. James Kenny? Winston? Uh, a little bit. I mean, a little bit. James Winston? Um, He's not really a mover. Nope. And he's also third-string quarterback behind a guy that is a receiver and, running back. And, and also led the league in touchdown passes last year, Brent. And I'm whispering just so you can hear it. You know what I'm saying? So... There's a couple guys out there. Okay, so do you want any of those guys hey, going just, forward? Or do say, you want your guy, Kyler Murray, you hey, know, hey, Joe Burrow? You hey. know, do you want Lamar Jackson? Brent, you asked the question, so I answered it. I'm not saying I want these guys. I'm just trying to answer the question that you presented. The point being is like, yeah, you can like that. Great. Yeah. But that's yesteryear, man. Correct. That's not today's QB. And I agree with you and, on and that. Like, what's the new wave of QB is, hey, you better you you can pass for three hundred. You know why? Because if you have a right arm or a left arm, you can pass for three hundred in today's sure, football. Sure. But you also not better be able to, but should be able to run for fifty yards in a game too. I'm not talking about running for a hundred like Lamar and Kyler Murray are doing. Yeah. But you better be able to scramble around a bit. You don't need fourteen designed runs. But look at Daniel Jones kept that drive alive the other day. Fifteen yard run to the sticks, and he got there and got the first down. Uh, you know. Jake Luton's not getting that play is my point. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the mindset, it's like, hey, I like this guy because he's 6'6", he's got a big arm, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But he also is like, he's a pocket guy. Well, I don't know if I like that mindset. That doesn't, I don't feel good about the pocket guy anymore. How about Drew Brees? I, you, well, you, now you're <laughs> scripting what I said. I mean, I that was Brady and Brees. I'm messing that. I don't, I'm you know? messing with you. Yeah, I got you. No, listen, I agree. The, the future is going to the guys that are mobile, that can extend the plays. I don't disagree with you here. I'm just saying what Jay Gruen has ran in the past, the quarterbacks that he's had in the past, a la Kirk Cousins, who, you know, I mean, he might be a little mobile, but, you know, he's more of a pocket guy than me. Um, Gruen is used to these types of guys. And I'm just saying, with that being said, in this offense, the way it sits right now, it's not a bad thing to be Jake Luton. Yeah, I just, um, it's just interesting to me that that, that was the soundbite from Gruden, and he likes that stuff, yeah. a little bit of that stuff. And again, I understand the big arm. You know, especially when you you have Minshew. Minshew, Minshew doesn't have a big arm. Yeah, I think people get a little bit on Minshew too much about that because I think a lot of his timing when he was good is good, and I still think he makes some really good throws. Yeah, like really good plays. But I, I almost feel like Minshew escaped the pocket so much that these guys in that building here at Jags headquarters are almost excited to know that this guy's not going to escape the pocket. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got it's you. It's like it's on the other side of it. But I'll tell you what, that offensive line better block, or he could be a sitting duck. Yeah. Like, you. Are you going to be shocked if there's a five-sack game against this young quarterback? Absolutely not, especially no. with Houston's defensive line. And, and no. by the way, that's not to say Minshew never got sacked five times. But this is an offensive line that has been reeling as of late. Let me ask you, would you take a guy right now that's got 14 touchdowns and two interceptions on your team? Yeah, it's Derek Carr, right? Yeah, do you think he's mobile? He is not really mobile, no. Gruden guy, too. Yeah. I'd like to know his rushing yard, but he's not really mobile. Well, to be fair, and to prove your point here, I'm trying to help you out a little bit. He had 41 yards against the Cleveland Browns Last rushing. Can do it but, a but that bit. was his highest. The second highest was 20 yards. That was like week four. Jags all 31 team next on ESPN 690.
If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 